is the effortless state? The effortless state is an experience many of us have had when we are fully rested, emotionally unburdened, and mentally energized. You are completely aware, alert, present, attentive, and focused on what's important in this moment. You're able to focus on what matters most with ease. So writes author Greg McEwen in his latest book, Effortless, making it easier to do what matters most. Hi, this is Jonathan Marks, and welcome to the On Your Marks book review podcast. Having read McEwen's first book, Essentialism, in 2014, I was intrigued to see what he had to offer that could trump his initial work. And wow, was I impressed. Not only is this book itself somewhat effortless to read, but I found myself pausing continually through the book, thinking about how applicable this work would be in my somewhat overburdened and overcommitted work and personal life. The book is well-structured and logically presented, and that may not seem like much, but as I plough through my 52 books, this is number 22 by the way, I'm greatly indebted to authors who write with their audience in mind, and this author and book does it beautifully. The premise of the book is that many of us have got caught up thinking that in order to achieve what we want, to meet our obligations and goals, we need to push ourselves endlessly, and only through long hours and hardship will we achieve success. Burnout becomes, as McEwen says, a badge of honour, except that there is another way. And this is partly about deciding what is most important, or in McEwen's language, deciding what is essential, but also in creating a system that ensures an effortless execution of those things that matter most. He does this in the book in three sections, each containing five principles. The first is building an effortless state, which should make it easier to focus. Secondly, taking effortless action helps to make work easier to do. And finally, effortless results focuses on getting the best return for the least effort. I felt that all that McEwen offers is of such value that I have taken his summary from the end of the book and included that with the companion infographic, so please check this out and get all 15 principles plus a brief explanation of each in the infographic. Each of the principles in the book is accompanied by a story, and I absolutely love these. They're from a wide range of disciplines and contexts, and as stories do, they serve to not only bring the idea or concept alive, but they anchor it for later recall. What I wanted to do in this podcast was to just share three stories from the book, by way of introducing three principles that really resonated with me. Here we go. 400 years ago, King Gustav of Sweden saw the need to upgrade his armada of ships. He appointed a boat builder and had him design and build what later became known as the Vasa. The boat builder would have an almost unlimited budget, but the king did not have a clear vision of what he wanted. For example, the length of the boat changed from 106 feet to 120 feet, and then finally to 135 feet, each time needing new timbers to be cut and a fresh arrangement of deck cannons to be made. The stress of the project finally killed the boat builder, and his assistant stepped in to finish the work. Finally, years after the project had begun, the boat was complete and set sail from Stockholm Harbour. As the ship reached the edge of the harbour, the wind caught its sails and caused it to tilt to the starboard side. The cannons tipped into the sea, water rushed into the gun ports, and within less than 50 minutes the boat sank and 53 crew members drowned. All this within three quarters of a mile of shore. 
The lesson here, of course, is obvious. Have a clear goal in mind. But more importantly, says McEwen, know what done looks like, as this is an essential to success. In the lead-up to the 1968 Summer Olympics in Mexico, most people assumed that Dick Fosbury would be dead last in the high jump. This 21-year-old engineering student, with his questionable athletic ability, had been dubbed by the media as a two-legged camel, and his jumps described as airborne seizures. Using the standard technique at the time, Fosbury had barely jumped high enough to qualify, but after carefully studying the rules, he began to experiment with a different approach. Using his growing engineering knowledge, he launched himself backward over the bar, curved his body after him, kicking his legs up at the end. He became known as the world's laziest high jumper, but by October of the same year, when he walked off with gold for high jump, the world realized that he had made a quantum leap in the sport. The Fosbury flop, which was adopted by almost all high jumpers, resulted in a spike in new world records. And this, according to McEwen, shows the impact of learning. Applying oneself to learning has the ability to yield massive results and returns, not just for you, but for your industry or even for the world. As McEwen says in the book, knowledge opens the door to an opportunity, but unique knowledge produces perpetual opportunity. And finally, there was the story of Robert Scott and Roald Amundsen, the British and Norwegian polar explorers who in November 1911 set out in a race to reach the South Pole. They started out on the 1,500-mile journey with similar-sized teams, and a study of their journals would show very similar routes and conditions, but their pursuit of the goal was remarkably different. Scott would push his team almost to exhaustion while the weather was good, and then hunker down in tents to wait out storms and bad weather. On one day of poor weather, Scott recorded the following in his journal, and I quote, Our luck in weather is preposterous. I wonder if any party could travel in such weather. Amundsen recorded this entry on exactly the same day, and I quote, It has been an unpleasant day, storms, drifts and frostbite, but we advanced 13 miles closer to our goal. By December 12, 1911, Amundsen was within 45 miles of the pole. The weather was perfect, and he and his team could easily have skied there in a single day, but instead he held the team back and took three days to reach the goal. Why? Because at the start of this grueling journey, the Norwegian team had decided they would advance exactly 15 miles each day, no matter the weather or the circumstances. What they were engaged in, according to McEwen, was pace. Three days later, Amundsen and his team reached the pole and then safely made the 16,000-mile journey home. Scott and his exhausted and demoralized team arrived at the South Pole 34 days after Amundsen. The return journey to England was so ghastly that all five members of the team perished. This story, in principle, illustrates the false economy of pushing through and the great value in setting a steady and consistent pace for the completion of a task or project. And so the book unfolds and continues, with 12 similar chapters and principles, each teaching an important lesson about creating an effortless life. I really tried hard through this review to find fault with the book, but sadly just could not. I think this is one that I'll read again and again, and I really encourage you to do the same. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. In the week ahead, I'm reading the book Piers Inc. by Robin Chase, co-founder of Zipcar. 
in which she explores the nature of the collaborative economy. Please do look out for that review next Tuesday. I hope you have an absolutely wonderful week ahead.